This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you need to know about interiors and how to make it really work for you in your own home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm Sophie Robinson. And we'd just like to say a huge thank you to John Lewis and Partners for sponsoring this podcast. Now, what's this about a blanket that hugs you, Sophie? So, breaking news. It turns out John Lewis are the first high street retailer to launch these weighted blankets, which are filled with glass beads. So, when you lie under them or wrap them around your shoulders. It feels like a gentle hug, helping you feel more relaxed and snugly. That's the most extraordinary <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Mind you, sounds good for nights in front of the telly when the mad husband is out. <laughs> Talking of extraordinary things, I am currently standing in a really extraordinary space. I've totally fallen in love with this house already, by the way. Because it's time, dear listeners, for our very first guest of the series. Today, we are recording in the home of none other than Michelle Ogundahin, the writer, TV presenter and award-winning former editor-in-chief of Elle Decoration UK. Now, she's fresh off the set of the BBC Netflix hit interior design show, Interior Design Masters, of which has been discussed on this podcast. Yeah. And she's currently writing her first book. And she's very kindly agreed to invite us into her beautiful home. Michelle! Hi! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> now, it's fair to say you're a bit nervous about having us round. We have been sitting on you, haven't you, trying to get an invitation to your home, desperate to speak to you. I and know, here we it's, are. it's a kind of slightly weird thing, isn't it? I think it's because, like, my home for me is not my work. It's just my home. And it's not... 
particularly photographable, I think. It's oh, just I, about... I, I would disagree with that already, I, listeners. It's differ. beautiful. I don't post it on Instagram. It's not out there. It's not up for kind of discussion. It's very... It's because it's very personal, really. And it's just... It's to me, home is absolutely about how you feel. And so it has to be um, a very personal expression of yourself. And so in that way, you come into my home... You are coming into me, as it were. Yeah. And I think that's quite distinct from kind of the work I do. Although I would never, ever put my house up to be photographed and put in a magazine because I just, I find it, it's too intimate, actually, because I've really taken time to craft this. Every single thing in here is really means something to me. It was either a gift or bought or given or it has some kind of resonance. And so it's, it's just... And yeah, I can say your design eye is absolutely everywhere so um this isn't a minimalist house this oh, no. is a is this an arts and crafts architect no building? no it's, it's, it's an, an old regency house. it was um, oh, built okay. in 1821 so pre uh what am i thinking pre-georgian even and it does look a bit like the sort of thing you'd find on the front of a chocolate box yeah on does. the front because yeah. it's like it's super symmetrical and it's like a really sweet gorgeous little cottage with a little portico and the little hanging baskets and there's even the passion fruit flowers up the walls and stuff but inside it has been kind of brought up to 21st century yes it's quite traditional looking and fabulous parquet floor colour as well it's like this ebony colour it's really stunning oh, and is this 20 old parquet though so this is not is this engineered it's not reclaimed wood? it's not engineered no it's um they're hand laid so each little um board was sort of laid by hand in a so herringbone pattern exactly yeah. sort of separately and then they were stained and it was Ecora, the company who was so patient with me because it was like mm, no a bit more brown Ooh, no. <laughs> oh, really? a bit more dark yeah. mm, no not quite that dark mm, no a bit more dark no maybe you know backs and forwards backs and forwards we went just to get the sort of the right colour that felt right because I wanted it dark but not black but I didn't want it brown either. You obviously deliberate but it's not through uncertainty it's because you kind of know what you want and you've just got to get there. Well I don't know you know sometimes you kind of don't know what you want until you see it do you? Mm. So, but you know how you want well. to feel don't you? So I mean I knew I wanted it dark and I kind of started from there and I knew I wanted parquet and then it was just playing with it until you kind of said that one. That one's the one you I see, want. See, that's really good. I'd get to a point and I'd just go, I don't care anymore. <laughs> just do it and leave my house. Oh, and no, then three months later, I'm like, I don't like it now. <laughs> and how does it stand up to two dogs crashing about? Well, pretty it's good. Fine. Well, I mean, yeah, it looks great, so but you might tell me you did it last week. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk in here because... social space. In this space, you have, and you were, I think, a champion of anaglypta oh, wallpaper, and I've totally so copied you. Excellent. I've got anaglypta, and I love it, and I've written about it before on the blog, and people have gone, oh, no, you know, that's my granny's house, that's student digs, and people are quite resistant to it, but mm. I think it's Fabulous. I still think it will come back more. So you've got it as a panelling, haven't yep. you? And then you've papered between the panels. Yep. And it's a, you will hate this probably, but it's a very sort of on-trend sort of greyish lilac. What colour is it? I suppose I call it bruise purple. Because <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that. That, yes. that's exactly sort of what it is. It's, um, oh God, Arkwright by Little Green. And what's quite funny is originally it was all painted in... 
oh gosh, I've forgotten the name of it, another colour by Farrah and Ball, and it was just a bit too pink. Was it Brassica? Yes, exactly. I remember. Beautiful colour, but are just again, a so bit too discerning. pink. Well, it's just, colour, it colour just slightly off. It, it was just, it bugged me. Of course, no one else would even notice, but I was just like, it's just it's just a bit too pink against the curtains. And then so I found Arkwright, which just a little got like blue it's undertones. It's a colour, isn't it? <gasps> yes. And the curtains match it, so thank God she's got floor-length curtains. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, floor length, floor length curtains which match, and then beautiful sort of. It looks like foxed mirror, but I think it's wallpaper yes. above. So two different sorts of wallpaper. So there's lots of texture going on. We've got the yeah. velvet, the anaglypta, the sort of fox mirror effect. Yeah. It's well, to me, walls are like your biggest palette that you can have in your home. And so I think it's such a shame when you go into houses and they've just been painted one colour throughout, skirtings and covings as well, and that, that's it, done. It's like, to me, it's like, this is your, like, sort of play canvas. pace. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I always say you should start with the envelope. So you start with, your, I mean, first find a house with good bone structure and then start with the walls. But mostly people will buy a thing. Yeah. and try and start with that, and yeah. it's absolutely the wrong way around. So here, yeah, I mean, I play with the walls. I mean, one of my favourite things is if you actually duck down slightly, can you see there's a little inch strip? Oh, just, a cheeky oh, type of mustard. Gold. gold mustard. Oh, yes, it's the that. mustard, which you'll see that pops up again in the ceiling over in the kitchen. So that's the gap between the top of the panelling and then the bottom of the shelf, which the as I shelf. stand here at my normal height, I can't see it. But actually, when there's a chair in front of it, or if I was sitting at the or table. Or if you were eight years old. Or if you were eight years old. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, you can just see there's that little flash of colour, and that's the detail, isn't it? It's the which considered is just, detail. It's just fun. I mean, one of my great inspirations is actually the, um, Sir John Soane's house, because he was just a real tinkerer. You know, he yeah. started off with a kind of like one little sort of terrace and then he sort of extended a bit and then added a bit and then knocked through a kind of like roof light and then added another bit. And I just, I just Are you a tinkerer? That. I'm a tinkerer. <laughs> because yeah, I'm forever sitting here and thinking, I wonder what it would feel like if. And then, you know, just sort of playing. And I think I was sort of sitting at the dining table and thinking, I should put a little stripe of mustard under there. But... The reason it all hangs together is because there's one palette. Yes. And I'm a bit kind of like fastidious about the palette. So I think you can do tones within colours, but there's one palette, one set of colours, one set of materials from like kind of metals to woods to stones to even the tiles. And then that repeats through yeah, the whole I've house. Yeah, I've noticed that. You've got, some, that you've the got the lovely details. sort of um, white Carrera marble table, which is then repeated. Not Carrera marble. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, Arabascato. Arabascato. Look, see, it's got oh, the marble. Yeah, marble. 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 This is, it looks like, and I think I've read that you love the Aero Saarinen oh, tulip yes. table. I think they are literally the most perfect table. And I love the fact that the designer designed them the way they are with that beautiful kind of single pedestal leg because it was to clear the slum of legs yes. that he would see oh, underneath yeah. tables. No one wants the slum of legs Which is, table. you know, when you've got four legs on chairs and surrounding another table. But I just think they're so elegant. And so I've, I've actually always had one. But this one, this top, was a kind of like birthday treat to myself because it is if it didn't have all your crap all over it <laughs> you what would be I'm just going to have a cup of tea off the table then. <laughs> it's the most beautiful kind of just thing. And so you just don't need anything else. But also it's really super tough and durable. Yeah, yeah. You don't, they are an you know, investment piece though, aren't they? Oh, They've been on my forever. wish list for quite, for, for quite a long time. It's forever, forever. 
and this marble, it will won't degrade. You know, this this is it. This house, and also the fact that I love say built in furniture. I mean, my last um, house well, we had built in furniture as well. And when oh. you sell it, I sell the whole lot. Yeah, yeah. everything stays. There's very few actual pieces of furniture in the whole house. So that table, which so there's the marble fireplace and then we're moving to the back half of the room are we moving are we, we are moving move we're moving oh we're here so we're moving now to the sort of sitting room area and it's a sort of what do we call it is it a row of floating cupboards basically yeah, I guess so. on it's the like wall. a floating sideboard where's yeah. the telly michelle there Oh my god! Oh no, is that the frame TV? Yeah. Oh, that is so what? clever. Yeah. So what we're looking at is a beautiful painting of some peaches. Yeah. Um, you over... could change them because it's like there's it's all, it has so been like great. a kind of a single Japanese bowl for a while. But I actually picked that this morning because I thought I oh, that's really quite nice. I really love it. it. So otherwise, that would so you've got no big black screen in here. No, and that's you can actually clever. literally physically change the frame as well. So this is a white frame, and then the pictures on either side were framed to match. It. Yeah. Because I hate that big black box of a TV and yeah. we only ever watch it to watch movies. I never really actually watch that much TV apart from our program. <laughs> <laughs> only, I only watch television when I'm on it. <laughs> but they can be really kind of dominant. And yeah. the reason this is this area is like the cozy bit is because the ceiling has suddenly come down because it yeah. is ye olde cottagey housey. I mean, it did have a drop ceiling over this, so I removed all of that to just oh, try to and give it a little bit, yeah. bit more. And painted the beams the same colour as the boards between because a lot of is people that, think oh gosh, they should yes. stay black and that brings it down further oh, but actually no. yeah it's too um, heavy over yeah. your head in fact all the ceilings throughout downstairs are all painted they're actually pale blue I was just going to say they're it's not, not white. white what colour no, is it but yes. I wasn't sure if it was reflecting off the sort of lavender curtain. but it's a gloss no, no, so you've used is, the gloss yeah, paint as yeah, well yeah. all my paint is eggshell or gloss yeah. on all walls because I just like either that slight sheen to Play it of or yeah. gloss but yes no, it's a nightmare for the decorators but it's um, blackened by Farrow and Ball in right. full gloss for the ceilings. And it's just, again, to just give it a little bit more air. And I just mm. think that whole thing, and you'll see when you go upstairs that the ceilings have actually been removed there. And it's just this idea that you go upstairs. And you did that, you removed the ceiling. I'm well, desperate me, to see upstairs. Physically. She's got no ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> it's very airy. Very excited by this. Very airy indeed. <laughs> But talk, so we've got to come back now. I'm coming oh, back. Oh, yeah. Do we so need this, to come back? Yes, we do. Oh, I want to talk things. about those cupboards. All right. Um, so are they IKEA cupboards? Yep. They're Superfront doors. Yeah. So Superfront is a Swedish company that makes sort of patterned doors, I would say, mm. for IKEA furniture, and you can choose your pattern. So you've got, um, I'm trying to say this very on trend scallop, scallop <laughs> colour. Is it? Scallops are on trend. Yeah, really. Yes. Oh no. I know. Oh dear. Like She's going to change them now. Um, <laughs> they were put in it's a, a classic. Least a year well, ago. It's a classic. So you walk in here, and I mean, if we weren't here to examine, you know, wall by wall and cupboard by cupboard, what you've done, there would very clearly just be a feeling of calm and relaxation and welcoming. It coherent, but that belies clearly the huge amount of thought that's gone into it. So you would start with the walls, you say. Well, funnily enough, I have written a book about precisely the order in which all these things... <laughs> I swear that wasn't even stunted. I mean, I know she's written a book. Come on then. Well, no, What's because the book the thing about? Is that you do, you want your home to feel effortless, but it is hard work. Yeah. And I mean, one of the biggest things is to do it slowly. But I mean, number one, you need a house with good bone structure so that you're not having to kind of do masses amount of knocking down and heavy structural stuff. But then it's all about the 
palette. Well, actually, step before that is you get rid of all the stuff that doesn't have any meaning for you. So it's clutter clearing plus. So literally, I mean, I am big into stuff. I yeah, think I was going to say there's a well feathered nest in here. There's lots of knickknacks and artwork. Absolutely, because your things objects. are like they're like the talismans of your life. They're yeah. your story, aren't they? They're they're, they're your hard won spoils of life. You know, good or bad. So it's more than kind of the goddess that is Marie Kondo's sparking joy. Sometimes she it's like spark joy. <laughs> Sometimes it's about things that might have memories as well, that they might not be joyful. I mean, like my kitchen spatulas don't spark crescendos of any kind of emotion, <laughs> but they work and they're simple and they do their job. So yeah. there's, there's sort of these different sort of pillars and why you must keep stuff. But after you've cleared away all that stuff, then it's about the palette. I mean, the longest chapter in the book is literally about the palette. So this the is creating palette. a family no, of more the materials, every single material that surrounds you, every single thing that you touch, every surface finish, everything. You detail that at the very beginning. And there are 28 notes, this is my only rule, to the perfect palette. And that is then divided up into six colours, so many woods and stuff like that, which I can't oh, remember. Oh, a raw book. Oh, you've only done quite in a... this bit, yes. Okay. Because that, to me, yeah. is like the perfect balance. And then you can very finish with that. So you might have, say, stainless steel and brass, but you can have brushed brass or super polished or kind of hammered or whatever you like to sort of give yourself the variation but you don't suddenly then go and add copper in mm. because that's just so you use that limitation curating yes. a palette of colors and textures exactly. that you then repeat throughout the whole house that gives well it then the own. house is divided into four zones as i define them oh we and don't need to buy the book we're getting the whole one <laughs> yeah. now, aren't we? this is all this is well, in, the, in a kind so, of nutshell yeah, yeah, that's yeah, lovely. Into, into four zones and then there's a certain amount of the palette that you use in each zone and then there's the whole thing of you know between your public space and your sort of more private space but then that ensures the flow but the the, the point is that you do all of that thinking first before you put a paintbrush mm, or go swatch dry. kind of so shopping. actually it's back to the sort of almost painter decorator rule isn't it it's all in the prep yes. so i go rushing in with a brush and i've painted it before the carpenters got to the end of the road but actually yes you prep it you think it through you get it all ready so that by the time you come to even putting a paintbrush near a wall you know exactly how it's all happening but also that to build it up plane by plane, and by plane I mean kind of every single expanse of wall, so from corner to corner. So don't sometimes go in and think, right, I have to do the whole room. That you build it up wall by wall. So as we stand here, I'm looking at this perfectly centred window. So then it's like, okay, what's the treatment on either side of that? And then that becomes one plane. Then you turn and you look at the next one and build that up, but so that they're related. And so by doing it plane by plane with a sense, because your palette has already given you what you need for the room as a whole, then it just it makes it more doable and also kind of more fun and also stops you then ended up with the box that's all the same colour all the way around. So this is your mythology of how to decorate and you've broken it down to help I people so. it's get through their own... Your philosophy, yeah. yeah. Did you know there were going to be 28 steps? No, not, not, <laughs> not exactly. I mean, it was based on what I felt, you know, over the years has worked for me as well. But then the other thing, really important thing to say, is if, if you, say, take your bedroom, I also would say that the decorating is the last thing you should think about because if you don't sleep well, then no amount of fancy decor is going to make one yeah. jot of difference. So it's the, the whole sort of premise is, first of all, you ask yourself, how do you want to feel, whether it's in this zone or that zone or this room or wherever, but how do you want to feel when you come home? So for me, it's about quiet, it's calm, it's retreat, it's sanctuary. So that was the sort of jumping off point for everything, which is why I probably get a bit like, oh, inviting people in because yeah. it is it's like 
you know, well, we've said it's personal, but but it's also meant to be welcoming and exciting and just sort of nice. But it is the idea is it's calm. It's just soothing. I feel calm. I do I feel, feel calm, I calm but I do down. want to play a bit of devil's advocate. You can't lie down. She's got no roof. <laughs> <laughs> counsel you against that. Um, so my question is, absolutely so thought out, does that preclude the impulse buy, the I've just seen a cushion which I love or I want to add a new vase you know, does it does it allow you to be spontaneous? Yeah, or is it done and Within it's finished and you would never right? Yeah, yeah because it's so your good, house it? is continually evolving, just as you are. You know, yeah. we are, we are never done, are we? We're not ever perfect, and the house it will never be finished as such because our story is not finished. So I mean, no, if you go out there and something literally ignites you with like, oh, I must have it, then go ahead as long as it works within your palette. the conduit and so the hallway is actually I think one of the most important zones that gets that's a whole zone in its own right because it is it's like it's the artery of your home it's like the fulcrum around which everything revolves and so that's how we use it here so we're going to go through the kitchen it's slightly spoiled by the dog door (laughs) (laughs) otherwise known as a baby gate and there's an original fireplace here although the previous owners actually had um planning permission to remove it can you believe <gasps> wow. it what and they just didn't just get like, round to it so you got in just in time yes and wow. i mean i just beautiful. love it but this wall will change and these cupboard cupboards fronts are going to change. change and at some point i do fantasize about changing all the kind of the base kitchen units because just think for a color be. change or just but no, i think actually i've been musing about the idea of brass <gasps> oh, yes you must don't you think that would be kind oh of amazing oh my gosh yes and actually don't Superfront do a brass or custom fronts do a brass. I think custom fronts do a brass. Are these IKEA units Um, or are they? She's going to say they're bits. No, 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 no. They're all IKEA. I love IKEA kitchen units, especially the wall hung ones. You'll see the storage elsewhere, and they're all kitchen units for because they can take the weight. Yes. So they're they're perfect, and they're they're like forty quid each. But the, the key is you must buy the bracket that comes with them. Don't try and bolt them directly to the wall. So there's a hanging bracket. You bolt that to the wall and then the cupboards just hang. But then I've topped them with yeah, the marble tiles. Yeah, you're upgrading, tiles. aren't you, with the finishes? Yeah, so and I'm... we've got sides on this one as well because they're exposed. So they've got the panels on either sides, which gives it that more sideboardy look. Mm. So but... if you had brass cupboards then, here's the next design dilemma. What would you do? How do you feel about mixing the metals? If you have brass cupboards, you know, the, the oven's stainless steel, the tap's stainless steel, would you mix metals? Are you full well, yes, brass? Yes, because referring once again to the palette, you are allowed two metallic finishes, and my two are stainless steel and brass. So you'll see the stainless steel and brass throughout the whole house. I have to think about that. Yeah. Sorry, I've gone quiet. Interesting. <laughs> so that's because that's having mixed metals in your palette and you think those two go. So would you, for example, in your palette, you wouldn't perhaps have brass and copper? Because I always think those don't go. But would you say if that was someone's palette, then they could? I mean, I think anything goes, literally. I think anyone is allowed to do anything they like in their own home because it's their home, damn it. It's not anyone else's. But you are only allowed two metallics. But if you want to put brass and copper together, go for it. But only two? But only two. Because anything more than that, I think it just starts looking confused. You get that and dissonance mm. and it's just busy and it'll yeah. jar and it'll be subliminal almost. But that it is all those, we must never miss the opportunities to give ourselves those little subliminal lifts. So it is like the hallway, like there will never be anything left or stored in the hallway because I can't bear that. You come home and I so just want to come in. So where are your coats? 
coats are in the cupboard under the stairs and the uh -huh. shoes were all just tucked into the corner of the lounge. Right. But it's just that moment. So when you come through the door, you need to be able to literally exhale yeah. and go, oh, I'm home. Yeah. Not kind of the door catches on a pile of post and you trip over your shoes and then there's the coats all dripping and stuff. So it's just... <laughs> I told our producer just did a big sigh. I, I don't think Kate's She's house looks like that. In your hallway. <laughs> and I think, and how does that make you feel when you get home? Well, exactly. And how, you don't want to feel like that when you come. So it literally, if it's, it doesn't matter. If or it's not about like kind of getting rid of everything to do with family life. It's just I just don't want to see it as soon getting as I come through the door. A place so for everything and everything has a pile its place. of shoes and there'll be kind of football kit and stuff like that just inside the door. And but all the coats, luckily, I do have an under the stairs sort of storage but everything else is like how many coats do you need out anyway yeah. every person needs one coat the rest needs oh, to go yeah. somewhere try telling else. that to my two teenage sons and my husband <laughs> <laughs> I think they've got more coats on the pegs than I have Now, this you have posted on Instagram before your writing room, haven't you? Because yes, I, think I think you've so recently redecorated yeah. it. Yeah, another, another sofa. sofa. A mustard sofa. Is that where you time. lie when you've got writer's block? You recline on your little well, mustard velvet sofa? it's usually where I read, actually. Sit and oh, read. Okay. Or do the old meditation thing when everything's just getting a bit too much <laughs> which happens quite frequently they're just that specifically that feeling of overwhelm oh, I yeah really we struggle with that. sometimes yeah. when I just can't think oh, okay what do I have to do next and it's like okay just and you meditate then do you oh god I would have gone insane if I don't because life throws a lot at you mm. and you're juggling you know the juggle is real isn't it yeah and so so creating I, a space you know, to meditate or creating a space in your home where you can get away from it or what are your thoughts and ideas on how you do that because that's quite a different feel and vibe well again I mean the it? interesting thing is the idea of needing to create a space inside your home to get away from it all yeah. I mean my whole philosophy yes. is the yeah. whole house is where you get away from it all so you should be able to, you can sit and be anywhere that's why I mean this whole thing at the moment like for trends for bathrooms like spas yes. bigger and bigger mm. it's probably because it's the only room in the house that usually you can lock yes and get but away that's from about it all. being escape isn't it and yeah. you should walk through your front door and you'll feel that sense of escape so I mean the whole thing is like that's how everywhere should feel not just one smallest room in the house and it's it's a bit like the whole kind of smart home thing you know this is like kind of tech design for stuff that we don't need you yeah. don't need your house to do that sort of stuff so we need to go back I think quite back a few basics. steps almost because you can now get for example can't you uh people talk about you can press use an app on your phone to close your curtains and you know put your heating on before you've come into the house and I spent many years living with my grandmother after my mother got divorced and I remember my my grandmother was a woman of rituals but she would get up we had afternoon tea at half past four every afternoon and then the tray would be removed the trolley if there were guests and there was more and at six o'clock every single day she went upstairs to draw the curtains and put lipstick on and then she would come downstairs and have a pink gin and listen to the archers. I mean, it was very ritualistic, but there was something sort of nice. And even now I sometimes find myself, if I'm heading upstairs randomly in the early part of the evening, I will start drawing blinds and, and putting lights on. And it's that. And there's something sort of soulless about knowing I could just sit on my sofa exactly. lazily and have all the curtains exactly. drawn by pressing I mean, a button. And I think rituals, that's, that's the perfect word. The rituals are incredibly grounding. It's yeah. like kind of, you know, when people struggle to sleep, it's like you should have a ritual of readiness to sleep. So as, you know, follow the night. 
And so as it sort of starts getting darker, you know, the overhead lights come off, lower lights go on, maybe you light a kind of um, essential oil burner or something, slow it all down. And then that gets your body ready to do what it's supposed to do naturally. Rituals of readiness. I love that. Is that a chapter in the book? There is a subsection in a chapter about that. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. But I mean, I think rituals, I mean, each chapter in the second part ends with a ritual that I'd say that is something you could maybe, well, it's all suggestions that you might want to take on board. And it's just about, I don't know, own your space, own your life, own your home, but make your decisions wisely. I mean, everything is within your capability, but people need to learn to make better choices. That's all it is. It's all choices. And informed choices. Yeah. Right? I suppose that's what you're saying is not just going, oh, I like that colour, I'll just pick that. Actually but start. Yes, like why? Yeah, My favourite question is always why. Kind of like the colours that surround me are colours that I know resonate for me personally. Make you feel which good. is why also the book is not in any way. And generally when I'm talking about this stuff, it's not prescriptive. This works for me. Absolutely. Well, I know it wouldn't necessarily work in your home, Sophie, but I know that the way it will make I'll you... I'll take the yellow sofa. <laughs> What's so lovely from someone like you who's been an editor of Elle Decoration and I suppose part of your job as an editor has been to report on trends, to show people great design, to champion great architecture. But actually what you're saying now, your manifesto is, look, people don't listen to people like me, find, you know, apart from the rules, but get in touch with your gut, get in touch with what you like, what resonates with you. Well, you Don't just trends are just trends. what's out there. I mean, so yeah. the point of magazines is just to show people what's out there. It's never to say, this is on, this is in, you know, you must, must do it now. Mm. It's just like, look, this is what's happening at the moment. Do you like it? Do you not like it? But it's like you choose what you want to do. Really taking the time to work out what colours and fabrics and finishes and all that sort of stuff mean to you. In your master bedroom now, and I'm really seeing a beautiful palette of colour here. This is so pretty and restful. So you've bought the dusty lilacs from upstairs up, but you've now teamed them with... So the lilac and the pink and a sort of oh, soft, sagey so green. nice. I mean, oh my God, it is making me feel very relaxed. But I'm very excited to see this bed because I think you have occasionally posted this on Instagram. You've got a tiled bed head. And that's really unusual. I mean, I love it. Yeah, what was the thought behind that? Just to to paint the picture, they're sort of Victorian tiles with a moulded border and then that kind of like moulded dado detail that you can get with Victorian tiles. So it's quite decorative in texture. It's um, H&E Smith and they're the company that used to make the tiles for the underground. And I just loved the colour palette, first of all, and then just was kind of, they make tiles that go round corners. So (laughs) there's like tiles that go round corners, there's skirting tiles. It's just, I just love like this little detail. So you've built it out almost into a narrow shelf, which has got space for some photographs and a clock and yes. If you go into the Ensuite, you'll see the tiles repeat. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, what yeah. colour is this green? Can you remember? This is light blue, ironically, oh, is it? from Farrow and Ball. But it's not blue at all, is it? It's I might green. Need to like, it's, That's it's lovely. It's not grey. It's green. It's not grey. That's so far away. That's grey to me. It's not. No way. She's amazing. You know, no wonder she can't go. She's got a mind. Colour, otherwise it's all just grey. Yeah. 
you should be able to stand in the middle of any room and just go, well, does it please me? Yeah. Is there anything that I think, oh, that's just a bit off or a bit too low, a bit too high or whatever? And so it's just about taking the time to just do that and then do it slowly. Yeah. Do you think you're almost looking through a camera lens sometimes no, when you look at a room? No, 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 because you get a very work? different view through a camera. Because that's what I mean. I don't think actually the house photographs terribly well because it's how you feel. But it is, it's about putting yourself bodily. So if you were doing it commercially, it's like you being the client and just going, right, if my bed is here, what am I going to look at? And how do I want that to make so me So you've got feel? to put yourself in the space. Absolutely. So I find it very hard to do it on paper. So I'd sort of lived in this house for ages with it exactly as it was before, or kind of seeing where the sun rises, where it goes down, and then just sort of, you know, feeling my way through it. So for ages, the dining table was in the kitchen because there's loads of space there. Yeah. But then it meant I never used that front half of the lounge ever because there was no reason to go there even though I put a sofa there but by switching it around suddenly then the energy in the whole of the ground floor is much more that's really key isn't it I just had a consultation with a client I haven't done it for ages but she's just bought a fabulous two-bedroom flat but they've extended it's a ground floor flat and the previous owners had extended into the garden so she's effectively got a kitchen and a sitting room and a dining room all in this huge sort of rectangle for want of a better word but She's also got two bedrooms and a, a front room and she had no reason to go in any of them. So we were, you know, we've made the front room deliberately into a dark and moody television room because she then has a reason to go in there Absolutely. to watch the television and keep the sofa in the kitchen. But that's the daytime one. And then the spare bedroom, she lives alone and her family live not far away. So we've made that into an office to try and give her a reason to use every room every oh, day. It's very important because otherwise yeah. you've got kind of pockets in your house that have basically got negative energy in them, but nothing happening. They're just dust traps. So if you don't need that space, then downsize or rework out how to use your yeah. face most more efficiently because I do believe very very strongly that most people do not need more space they need less stuff and they need a more efficient evaluation of the space that they do have so Michelle literally Interior Design Masters has just finished. Oh, we're not going to do any spoilers here, even though the show's finished. I know lots of people are still watching it on Catch Up, and it's also going to come to Netflix next um, year. Uh, no, 18th of October. It goes 18th global of October. It's going global for our... We do have some global listeners to The Great Indoors, don't we? Okay. So we're not going to talk about who's won or anything else like that. I just thought it'd just be, you know, this is a new show, a new format thoroughly enjoyed by myself and Kate and all our listeners too it's been like hot topic of conversation but it's an interesting format isn't it because it's for the first time taking semi-professional designers or designers with some experience and maybe training and putting them in extremely stressful circumstances um, to be judged by you and other guest judges how do you think it went how do you think they did well, I mean, the most exciting thing to me was that it became a topic of conversation from people that were sort of serious interiors nuts, but people that also just like to watch great TV. But then I think also what you can draw from it are quite a lot of sort of life lessons, because it's the people who listened that I think kind of made the big biggest jumps because all of them started off as you say with a degree of training so they all went in there thinking I could win this I know what I'm doing <laughs> you know they thought they were the masters already yeah. didn't they and then episode by episode the point is you're trying to tell that tell them you know what interior design isn't just swatches and a few scatter cushions okay there are not only that you're trying to tell the nation yeah. <laughs> well. yes yes this is true I think that a lot of people have had profession. their perceptions changed about design and seen exactly. how challenging it is Quite often, I think design can be quite instinctive, but it is about kind of 
getting to know the client and really getting to grips with the brief. But then also you need to give people what they don't yet know they want. Because, if you know, there is not a client in the world that will write you here. Here is exactly what I want. Because if they could do that, they would do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So you need to go sort of further than that. So it was getting them to understand that. So understand also what should you spend your money on. So, I mean, you saw in one episode, sometimes you're thinking, seriously, these people had the same amount of money, but one person spent it cleverly, the other person kind of spent the whole lot on the wrong things. You end up with, say, a room that has no curtains. Mm. But um, the grand coda, though, is they do a house. So all of this has sort of been leading up to kind of... To the final, which is a residential project. Exactly. So it's kind of who's been listening, who's evolved the most, who really took on board uh, sort of the bigger questions and the bigger lessons. But really early on, we also asked them to give up what they thought was their sort of signature style without saying it explicitly. But that was a kind of like, you are not the client. And that's a big big, lesson to learn as a professional designer, isn't it? But then it's, you know, all the practical stuff, all the stuff that's the not pretty, the not fun, the Mm. budgeting, the kind of making it work, teamwork. You have to learn how to communicate and communicate well and keep people all kind of on board and excited and doing this thing. And so, yeah, there were time constraints and, yes, there were budget constraints, but, hey... You know, that's life. And it's also that's <laughs> telly, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it really was. That's a BBC budget for you. <laughs> it was a long um, filming schedule, though, much mm. longer than any other kind of like in the sort of inverted commas makeover show. They had proper time to do mm. stuff. Yeah, and it's been fun to watch them. I mean, you know, this this meant everything to these people. So I mean, it's, it was really hard being the one that had to boot yeah. someone off every week, and it was emotional. But I think it's been fun. I think there's been a lot of kind of great sort of tips, I hope, given yeah. over. But I think it's been good entertainment. Mm. And that is actually, at the end of the day, the number one aim of any television show, isn't it? Keep telly us entertained. In it. Yeah. Telly in it. So now this is the $64 million question. Everybody wants to know, what is your design crime? I can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> there aren't any. I'm sorry. What? Kate's face is literally just. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Just <laughs> no. I, I genuinely no design believe, No, because I think the only thing would be to not do whatever it is you want to do with conviction. Because I mean, if you take even like the Brighton Pavilion, okay, that is arguably the biggest theme park ever, but it is done from oh, front so to back good. with absolute conviction. And it's fantastic. So are you saying it's so bad it's brilliant? Is it that a case of that? I don't even think it's bad. It's just like whatever that thing is that you're into, as long as you do it consistently throughout Yes, it's got to look like you meant it, hasn't it? Exactly. So the kind of, you know, Moroccan boudoir with there's something else going on in the bathroom and something else downstairs. No, this is is not to be applauded. Oh, so so that is a design crime. Well, I suppose it's kind of, what's the word I'd be looking for? It'd be kind of chaotic theming. Chaotic theming. But then if you work within a palette, you're never going to have that. But if you love zebra print, and it's a bit here and a bit there and a bit here and a bit there yeah so what you're saying is taste can never be a design crime because if that's your taste you're allowed it but if you're doing stuff that's inauthentic and themed and doesn't really have any meaning or providence or authenticity about what you love then that well it's more i suppose i think i would pretty well forgive every anything as long as it's done consistently yes no random the design crime is randomness yes there you go. She does that. We got it out of her. We got it out of her. We grumbled it. Grumbled the big plan. Right. Right. We don't normally do this, but some of you have been asking if we can do a little roundup summary of our guest home to horse. So here you go. So things to take away from Michelle's home that I'm hearing are you're allowed 
two metals, people, no more. Mixed. Mixed. Uh, you can have a palette of materials, but do repeat them throughout your home because it just helps it feel coherent and brings a sense of calm. And finally, always start by thinking how you want the room to feel. And do look out for the book that's coming at some point in 2020, spring, maybe. Next spring. We'll, we'll be shouting about that on the podcast, though. You will find out about it. Right, so just before we get out of Michelle's hair, we couldn't let this episode go by without marking the fact that The Great Indoors is now one year old. Ooh, we should have bought some party poppers. Bing, <laughs> I don't think they fit in this house. <laughs> bring my own sound effects and there we go we've had the party now <laughs> it was exactly a year ago on October the 17th 2018 that this whole crazy adventure began so I'd particularly love it if you could get in touch with your favourite moments from the show any insights outtakes particularly painful pearls of laughter from me <laughs> absolutely anything to mark our first birthday we might even make a little special I say we Kate Taylor our lovely producer might even make a little special episode of the clips and we could maybe include some clips from listeners too so do get in touch you could even send us a little voice notes and you could feature on the show so come over and tell us all about it on Instagram, where I'm mad about the house, and she's Sophie Robinson Interiors. And if you want to follow Michelle and look at her beautiful feed, you'll find her on Michelle Agunderhin. And if you are able to rate, review and subscribe, that would of course be the perfect birthday present. So don't forget all the fabulous details of Michelle's house that we have discussed today will be on our blogs, sophierobinson.co.uk and madaboutthehouse.com. Thank you so much for having us, Michelle. And do look out for the book next spring. We'll keep you apprised of the title. Thank you so much to John Lewis and Partners for sponsoring the show, to our producer, Kate Taylor, and as ever to you, our lovely listeners. And we'll see you in the great indoors. Hello and welcome to the Great Indoors. Oh, sorry, just, I knew she was going to make me do that. Again. It's just, it's just oh, that was so good. It was just like, just like on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just like on the podcast.